Hello and welcome to Diving Into Diabetes, the podcast where we explore the latest advances and best practices on individualized diabetes care. I'm your host, Dr. Ron Goldenberg, and with me on the program today is Dr. Jeremy Gilbert. Uh, Dr. Gilbert is an endocrinologist at Sunnybrook Health Sciences Center and an associate professor of medicine at University of Toronto. Today, Dr. Gilbert and I will be discussing a very important topic, and that is uh, related to real-world evidence and some other data for fixed-ratio combinations compared to basal bolus insulin in type 2 diabetes from the recent American Diabetes Association 2022 meeting. So first of all, uh, welcome, Dr. Gilbert, and thanks for joining us today. Uh, Thank you, Dr. Goldenberg. Uh, Always a pleasure to uh, work with you. And thank you for inviting me to be here. Well, glad you could join us. And so uh, the background to our discussion is that uh, over recent years, fixed ratio combinations of GLP-1 agonists and basal insulin have uh, allowed us to administer uh, two injectables in combination in a single daily injection. So you get the benefit of the GLP-1 and basal in a simple uh, once a day injection. And so we have the combination of lixizenatide with insulin glargine U100, iglar lixi, and we have the combination of insulin degladec with liraglutide or uh, idegliera. And we know from previous trials, such as the BEYOND study or the DUAL-7 study, that when you compare a fixed ratio combination to basal bolus insulin, that you uh, maintain good A1C efficacy with the advantage of less hypoglycemia and weight loss compared to basal bolus therapy. And we also do this with a single injection rather than four injections in less monitoring. But up until the very recent American Diabetes Association meeting in early June 2022, there was really little real-world data comparing the FRC iglarlixi to basal bolus uh, insulin therapy. And uh, many critics say that randomized trials don't represent the real world. So it's always nice to have real-world evidence to show what would happen in our real-life patients. And at the ADA, there were two nice real-world studies that were presented on this exact topic that looked at patients who went on an FRC compared to basal bolus therapy in type 2 diabetes. So with that, uh, Dr. Gilbert, let's get started. And uh, perhaps you can tell our listeners about the uh, solely simplify real-world study. What were they looking for and what did they actually find in this real-world analysis? Yeah, sure, uh, Dr. Goldenberg. And and I agree kind of uh, just to begin with how you uh, frame the discussion, because I think uh, looking at alternative strategies to a basable insulin regimen is really important because of the associated hypoglycemia and weight gain that can happen with that regimen, especially in type 2 diabetes. So I think alternative strategies are needed, but they do need to be studied, right? And I think the real-world data uh, gives us complementary information to what we know from some of the other trials that you mentioned. So at the ADA, there was the solely simplify real-world study, which compared iglarlixi to basal bolus uh, rapid-acting insulin in adults with type 2 diabetes. And the design was really to be a a non-inferiority trial to show similar 
effectiveness of iglarlixli to basal bolus insulin in people with type 2 diabetes. So it was retrospective, it was, it was observational, it was a cohort study, and it was conducted kind of around 2016 to 2021. So a fairly uh, you know, recent kind of data. And the idea was to really show if iglarlixli and basal bolus insulin, that regimen would lead to a similar A1C, but they also looked at body weight, uh, hypoglycemia, and some other things. They even looked at some older patients too, uh, as a pre-specified subgroup analysis. And I think, you know, after they've done the propensity matching to make sure that the groups were similar in nature, I, I was pleased to see that iglarlixi uh, was very similar in terms of its A1C improvement to basal insulin. So that's the primary outcome, that the A1C was fairly similar. And why that's so important is they're not sacrificing effectiveness when we use a, uh, a um, iglarlixi compared to a basal insulin regimen. And, and that's an important take-home message in the context of their next finding, which was the body weight change. So what happened was there was significantly more body weight increase with basal insulin, as you would expect, compared to iglarlixi because it's the combination of a GLP-1 receptor agonist with insulin, so it kind of offsets the weight gain of the insulin by using the GLP-1 receptor agonist. Now, the nature of this study, the way it was conducted, they did not get a lot of hypoglycemia data per se, uh, although they did have a combo outcome that looked at A1C less than 7% without hypoglycemia and weight gain, uh, which was better with iglarlixi than uh, basal bolus insulin. I mean, I, for me, the take-home message of this is that when you use that combination of iglarlixi compared to basal bolus insulin, what you're getting is good A1C lowering without the usual weight gain and potential hypoglycemia that you might otherwise see with the basal bolus regimen. Right. So I guess it's you know nice to see the real world study reflect what we saw in some of the clinical uh, trials. Um, at the end of the day, I think it's a much simpler regimen for our patients to take a single injection once a day with a combination rather than four injections a day, which also entails more monitoring and more complex titration regimens for each insulin. So it's always nice to see when the real world data kind of agrees with randomized trials. My feeling is, and the reason I sometimes consider FRCs in my patients is I just think and assume that patients will be more adherent to a single injection rather than four shots a day, especially in my elderly patients who find the burden of multiple daily injections becomes very problematic as they get older. And so with that, there was a nice poster kind of building on this story called the Soli Complex Study, where they focused on the same issue of uh, FRC iglarlixi versus basal bolus, but their main uh, focus was on adherence to the therapy. So Dr. Gilbert, can you briefly comment on that poster? I found that one rather interesting. Yeah, so that that's uh, well said, Ron, and I agree with you. In my practice as well, I find that anything we can do to improve adherence and reduce complexity translates to better outcomes. And, you know, it's kind of nice to actually see that done in a trial. So um, the, the solely complex trial kind of built upon the solely simply trial, and they added two key pieces 
of bits of information. One was looking at treatment persistence. So uh, we all know that we can prescribe medications. Some people don't take them at all. And even when they take them, some discontinue it. They can't persist with it because it's too difficult, it's too complex, too much problems, whatever. In this situation, they found that the iglar compared to basal bolus insulin regimen was dramatically uh, people were able to persist with it much better. And they actually had a subgroup of group of patients that you were mentioning, those over the age of 65, which also showed that. So the adjusted hazard ratio was around 0.5 or so uh, in that particular outcome of persistence. So quite impressive to show it's persistent and probably it's persistent for several reasons. One is, as you mentioned, the number of injections per day, but also the fact that they're not getting the weight gain that people do dislike with basal bolus regimens, less injections, as we said. They also showed in this study, in the Simply Complex, compared to the other study, that hypoglycemia event rates were lower uh, with iglarlixi compared to basal bolus insulin, again, in their overall population, and also the age over 65, highlighting that elderly group perhaps as being a very important group to address that, especially for hypoglycemia. So I think my interpretation of this study is that it really builds upon the randomized control trial data, some of the real-world evidence that I had already mentioned, to say that this in real life is a simple basal, you know, compared to basal bolus insulin, iglarlixi, that fixed uh, racial combination seems to offer us good A1C lowering, similar to what we would get with basal bolus insulin, what we all knew from before, but less weight gain, less hypoglycemia, better adherence, and more persistence in continuing on with the medication uh, overall and also in the elderly. I really like the adherence piece because, you know, in randomized trials, you get very motivated patients and that are generally adherent to the therapies. But uh, it's always a question what will happen in the real world. So this study supports you'll get better adherence with the FRC than basal bolus. So I'd just like to touch on one other issue in that one of the traditional approaches for patients with type 2 diabetes who have very high A1C levels is to consider basal bolus therapy. And in fact, the ADA as the algorithm suggests that combination injectable therapy is often indicated if your A1C is at least uh, 2% above your target, which would be about 9% or higher for most patients. But in that ADA as the algorithm, they also say that you have the option of GLP-1 uh, basal insulin combination. And I believe that statement is largely based on the fact that if you look at subgroup analyses of some of the FRC randomized trials, there's excellent efficacy with the FRCs if your baseline A1C is over uh, 9%. But that data is from kind of subgroups within the individual trials. And so there was this very nice trial at the ADA where they took patients with type 2 diabetes, A1C uh, well over uh, 9%, already on basal with or without uh, other agents. And uh, they studied the effect of IDEG-LIRA versus basal bolus in those patients. So can you just tell us what they found in that trial of patients who had very high A1C levels? Yeah, sure. So again, a really important practical clinical question that we face. And, and the trial was done nicely. It was a prospective uh, rather than retrospective trial. It was randomized control trial. And they looked at IDEG-LIRA compared to basal bolus insulin. And 
Um, these individuals did have very high A1Cs, over 9%, as you described. The finding was that the A1C was fairly similar at the end of the day between the two regimens. But when you compared Ideglira to basal bolus insulin, what you did find beyond the A1C lowering was lower rates of hypoglycemia with Ideglira, a similar glycemic variability, greater weight loss. And um, uh, that, that is important. Now, the GLP-1 receptor agonists can give you nausea. So you're going to see that more than you will with the basal bolus insulin. But because it's titrated up very slowly, nausea rates are much less than when you use it with GLP-1 receptor agonists alone. And so I think what this trial demonstrated to me was that not only is it an option for improving adherence, improving persistence of continuing with therapy, of giving a good option for people who have a high A1C to lower it effectively, but also not leading to weight gain and hypoglycemia, but also in those who have very high A1Cs to say this could be a good option as well, because you get very similar A1C lowering, but also all the other benefits of, you know, without that weight gain, without that hypoglycemia, et cetera, that you might see otherwise with the basal bolus insulin regimen. Okay. Well, thank you very much, Dr. Gilbert. I think what we learned from the recent ADA is that the fixed ratio combinations of GLP-1 and basal insulin are not only a simple way to uh, implement that combination, but can be done uh, without sacrificing any efficacy versus basal bolus therapy with the advantage of the weight loss and less hypoglycemia. And I think for all of our patients with type 2 diabetes, not controlled on basal insulin, perhaps we should consider that combination before thinking about about basal bolus, and maybe we should consider de-intensifying patients on basal bolus to an FRC, particularly if they're not doing well, they find it very burdensome, they're having lots of hypoglycemia or trouble with weight gain. So again, thanks for uh, joining us, Dr. Gilbert, and uh, thanks to all our listeners for joining us uh, to the Diving Into Diabetes podcast. Uh, we hope you enjoyed our uh, pretty deep dive uh, into recent data on FRCs. Uh, and please don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, uh, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. And please stay tuned for new releases. Thanks, Dr. Goldenberg. Mm-hmm.